Many people have problems with art and not with reality. So why is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. My name is Ando. Hello, everybody. Nice to have you back. And, uh, you know, thank you for welcoming me into your head. Today, we do have a big one. It's my roundup of some of the uh, many, many folks I spoke to when I visited the supermarket art fair in Stockholm last month. It was a lot, you know, a lot of people. And of course, you try not to disturb people while they're working. And, uh, you know, I'm not really the man on the street kind of uh, kind of reporting. So uh, that's what they're like. Fairs are overwhelming. They're fun, frustrating, interesting, all of it. And uh, like I said, I'm not the best at getting in people's faces, but I did end up speaking to quite a few interesting folks, and I'm happy to say from a broad range of places as well. They will introduce themselves instead of me butchering their names during the conversations we had, but I do encourage you to follow the links on the page for this episode because there's a lot of really interesting folks doing a lot of really interesting stuff. We're going to start out with Andreas and Alice from the team behind Supermarket. Andreas is one of the founders, and Alice is a project manager there. And then we're going to move on to some of the people who are exhibiting or visiting and all that. So uh, please enjoy, and do not forget to check all the links. good place to start for a potential episode on uh, on this program is just to hear a little bit about who you guys are and then about how the program started and where it's gone to etc so i guess yeah just start with you like where who you yeah. are and what you do here i'm uh, andreas ribung and I, i'm an artist and uh, i started supermarket together with another artist pontus raud and we are still uh, project managers or creative directors of the fair you guys share leadership essentially yeah. of, of the of the fair and how long has it been going for now this is actually the 12th year if you count the first one called mini market in 2006 <laughs> does that mean you don't count it or what <laughs> yeah, yeah it's not a, it's not the 12th supermarket mm, 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 mm. and how about you i'm my name is alice maslinikova and I'm the project coordinator of Supermarket. So I just joined the team two years ago mm. when I was initially working as a professional networking participants coordinator. Mm. Um, I'm an artist also and a curator. And yes, so that's about the introduction, I guess. Would you say that everybody working here is an artist in one way or another? Almost everybody in the team are artists. Or a curator or somewhere yeah, from yeah, the arts world. Yeah. But uh, they have the interesting thing is that they have different backgrounds, I think. For example, our uh, economist or financial officer, he's studying anthropology, or our press officer, she's doing film studies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a varied um, background to all of us. Mm. Well, it's important when you have such a large organization uh, that you have different competencies and different responsibilities and such. You know, because what I've been impressed with, and compared to the Copenhagen one, for example, you guys are much, much larger. There's a lot more coordinating to do. There's a lot more, uh, you know, just the organizational, logistical levels of it are mm. at a much higher level. Mm. And I assume that also comes from having done it for 12 years. You can get a little bit more ambitious each time because you know more about what yeah. you guys are doing and what's possible, what's not possible. Yeah, and then if you compare it to Alt-CPH, uh, they kind of restart it every year with a new curator, and mm. and they also, we we are more uh, using the art fair format, right? Because we found out that the, this uh, art fair format is a perfect way to organize such a big uh, international exhibition, because we we only pre create the framework and then every exhibitor produced their part. Right. And uh, it also, we, we can charge an admission, which is unusual for 
a regular exhibition. Mm. Right, right, right. It completely creates a different kind of atmosphere and a different possibility for both the public and the presenters. Yeah. But I think the different, the, the, the most important part about the difference of supermarket and the other art fairs is that we have the accompanying program which is one of the biggest assets of it, I think. So the exhibitors not only bring their own artworks and present their initiatives, but they also bring the content. Do you mean like the events and the yeah. performances and no. the talks and all? I noticed there's a lot of stuff, which mm -hmm. is which is great. Uh, yeah, we really started good. we started with talks, and then uh, we noticed that there were so much so many performances going on. So we created a, a stage for performance art. But there's still off-stage uh, performances going on everywhere. Right, people are, are running them out of their booths yeah. and in the public spaces, yeah. etc. And then uh, in 2010, we uh, wanted to uh, make something to intro introduce the participants to each other. And we, we created supermarket meetings. And uh, that's, uh, that is a non-public program of meetings going on with five, six participants who are picked, sometimes picked because they have some something in common or mm. and uh, we developed it so that now we have a, a moderator for the meeting and they're one hour, one and a half hour long and So each of the meetings has a specific theme that mm. they talk about right? Yeah, and I, I've taken part in two of them now and I found them to be incredibly useful because one of the disadvantages of a fair context is that there's a lot of distractions there's a lot of people it's really hard to have a conversation in that in that way whereas you guys provide then a space which is quiet and separated just for the sake of meeting and talking to people i've had more luck meeting and engaging with other presenters here in that than i have down on the floor yeah uh, which I think is tremendous because a lot of the people who do do this stuff like this are looking for potential future collaboration, uh, mm. you know, a relationship to some other institution. Yeah, and they can really serve as a startup for new collaborations because people get this introduction and then, then they meet in another uh, a little bit later or mm. meet in a party or something and then mm. they can continue to talk and it's also easier to communicate via email afterwards right right and as the moderator of some of those meetings i made sure everybody exchanged information because i think yeah. it's important that if you wake up in two days and say oh wait we were talking about this but what was it to keep that exchange of knowledge and information going mm -hmm. you know yeah. that would probably be the one of the best things that can happen here is that yeah. people have that continued uh relationship yeah but that also that brings you or brings us to another element of Supermarket, which is the professional networking participants program that started, this is the second year that it has been running and it's not. It's also the main aim of it was to create these networks for between exhibitors and between the professional networking participants who are essentially people who are not exhibiting, who don't present any of their art initiatives. They can also be independent curators or artists or art professionals from different disciplines but they are still taking active part in the fair in terms of having a specifically designated program for them, having a quiet, fluffy space upstairs where they can have coffee and just talk right. over over drink. Or, yeah, yeah. Which I think is very important also because it, it gives the possibility for people who don't necessarily have the resources, time or interest in making a presentation, a fair yeah. stand, which we all know is a lot of work. Uh, you know that that gives them a, a, an opportunity still to enjoy the collaboration, the talking, the meeting, the networking, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um, so I have a question as a as a person who is an artist and also has a podcast. How hard is it for you guys to maintain your practice while running a huge art fair? Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has really ruined my career <laughs> dealing with this project. But yeah. uh, still, it's uh, it's very creative and uh, it's uh, rewarding in many ways. And it's actually a part of my role as an artist. Uh, it's it's a part of my profession, and uh, so th I think that's important too to think of that you 
being an artist is not only producing artworks. It's, it, there are other parts you can be a consultant or um, teaching, or and you can uh, you, you have to look at it as a part of your p- profession as an right. artist. It's part of the total practice yeah, as yeah. being an artist. Yeah. How but about I mean, you? I mean, today you can't really you can't really avoid merging of practices in general so it's impossible basically to survive solely as an artist without being partly an art manager or art curator to a certain degree so mm. i mean obviously this is this is taken to an extreme perhaps in supermarket that mm. we don't have much time to focus on our practices but then again it brings some other elements to to, to this problematics right um, a lot of things do happen which mm. one has to remember yeah yeah, and then you meet so many people, of course. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm a bit frustrated right now because I'm, I'm <laughs> working on a, a sketch for a public uh, uh, art project in a school, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I have to uh, submit the sketch a week after we quit here. They always so, do that. Uh, they always end up being and, like, you know, the Monday after something yeah, huge. Yeah. So uh, I've been pushing that forward. Uh, for a long time and uh, now it will be three days uh, <laughs> I will do something too quick perhaps and I, I perhaps because of that I, I might not win that competition because it's three artists uh, sketching mm. parallel but mm. you'll see let's be positive yeah you never know maybe because you run supermarket you'll be more qualified to get it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i mean that that is the reality and that is a, that is the, the those choices we do have to make in the so-called real world yeah. as artists you know and like you said nobody can really very few people can just have a, a 100% practice i make paintings i put them on the wall people buy them that's it you know yeah. that doesn't really exist so much anymore no uh, i was doing that before <laughs> Uh, getting engaged. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was I was exhibiting and and only like working with my own art. And you felt like um, you were missing something, I assume. Yeah, I, it was like uh, socially. I, I started to go to artist-run spaces. I went to a lot of openings, of course, but uh, meeting artists in your kind of your own room became important. Yeah. And uh, then I did a lot of residencies, and and I got inspired to to create an artist-run space. And together with nine other people, we started Candyland in Stockholm, which has been running for fourteen years or something. And uh, uh, after a couple of years, I was re- representing Candyland at the at the meeting where Mini Market was born. Mm. So, I mean, that's crazy. You run an artist space, you have an art practice, and you are the creative director of a large art fair. Yeah, and I have four children. Oh, my God. <laughs> just to top it up. I think once you're done with all this, you should just have a uh, like a consulting business where you teach people how to get insane amounts of stuff done. That's it's just to make a list and then... Uh, strike and not sleep not sleep Uh, or eat no No, sleep is in general a problem when you when you work in this area to be quite frank yeah well i mean to tie it up i'm curious in hearing if you guys have any specific kind of notes or things you've you've noticed this time around number 12 is there anything you see that you want to engage in more next year or you know like where's the organization going from this point on i know we're in the middle of it and no one has eaten or slept yeah. so it's not exactly the best time yeah. for introspection yeah. but if there's anything that pops to mind mm. well i think perhaps uh, there have been some thoughts of taking the taking supermarket to different uh, places mm-hmm. maybe we haven't really finalized that yeah, right yeah. it's been yeah, it's in the process of making plans. Mm. meet some people in Berlin because uh, uh, in 2008 there was a meeting in in Berlin called uh, ArtSwap with off spaces, artists around spaces meeting there and um, now uh, BBK is interested in, in repeating I think that's the right name of the organization the big artist organization in Germany mm. they're uh, interested in repeating ArtSwap 2018 mm. and uh, that we would make some kind of small edition of supermarket 
Well, you guys have the experience, you know, and the legitimacy. I assume that the Swedish art system respects and knows who you are now. Uh, oh, they certainly know that. <laughs> right, respect <laughs> is always a, a question, but uh, but I mean that you know you are you are legitimized. You are an existing entity. You don't yeah. have to prove that you're worth it. You yeah. are here, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, um, it has been. Yeah, that's something we achieved in a way to uh, uh, make uh, like artist-run space and spaces. Uh, um, taken seriously do right. you say so yes. uh, <laughs> and uh, um, but in still I think that it's also it also uh, means that you become a threat to a system mm-hmm. that is quite uh, established and uh, so there you, you also meet a stronger resistance and people who really want to tell that this is not worth anything. So there can be a lot of criticism, obviously, going on. But there's so many values. I think this is so much about like, val- like values and uh, like economical values or like content-wise or um, uh, di- different meanings and values and uh, depends on what you... W- what you focus on right well that's why i think criticism or no it's just important that there is this sort of thing because it does create a discussion about these values yeah and there are of course strong points and weak points and you know you can talk till the cows come home yeah but but you know you the point is it's here and it's worth talking about Mm -hmm. but it's also that you know since the artists themselves they can choose what they're going to present it there's as andreas was talking about the values so it 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 allows them to preserve this sort of integrity. You know, they don't have to sell themselves because they know that this piece of work will be uh, good for the market or that mm-hmm. it will sell for good money. So, yeah. that, I mean, here they can sell works, but they don't have to. They can just, I mean, they can just run around the, the fair and do a performance, whatever. Right. Right. right, and that's an important thing to talk about, that sort of integrity. It's an important thing in our world today, in the art world. Mm-hmm. Cool, guys. Well, um, thank you very much for uh, both organizing this event and inviting yeah. me here. And thanks yeah. for uh, taking Thank the you time for to coming here. Yeah, Absolutely. thank you. Uh, it will be really interesting to hear your conversations. <laughs> what you will do to this. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks. yourself and tell tell me a little bit about the space let me sure hi my name's eric i come from all over the world but now i live in gothenburg sweden i am representing two galleries at supermarket art fair uh the first being graffiti vest it's a member-driven gallery from gothenburg on the west coast um we have about 270 members um it's both a gallery space, a graphic bank. We have a web shop. You can check out our website and see all our artists' prints online. Um, in Stockholm, we have Grafiska Selskapet, which is a much older and bigger organization with around 400 members. Wow. And the same thing holds true. They have an online shop, um, the physical gallery space. Um, Grafiska Selskapet has a, a print apartment in uh, Paris and a workshop in Stockholm where you can print if you're a member. So, so you kind can of, actually go to Paris to work for a while, do yep, kind of residency Yeah, they have a style. small press and apartment downtown and stuff, so it's pretty neat. Um, but yeah, both places, like, the um, members are um, quite old in general, um, so both galleries are facing a shortage of young people that still identify as printmakers. So um, being a part of the board... At Graphic Vest since 2012, I've been doing a lot of projects to um, develop understanding of why and how and where printmaking is still relevant mm. um, and to try to get people making prints and working together to make prints. Was that a conscious decision on their part to try to bring in so-called young blood to try to like... I don't know. It was really weird. When I joined the board in 2012, I found out that for their 25-year history in Gothenburg, I was the only quote-unquote young person that has ever been a part of their organization. Um, and I don't consider myself quite young. I mean, I'm 38, but like, yeah, they've always kind of 
been a tight-knit crew that's now getting into their 60s and 70s and 80s and people are dying and a certain artistic generation really right yeah um and they had a very different social context i mean for a long time the swedish government was paying printmakers quite a lot of money to adorn public buildings and spaces with prints and that kind of trickled off in the late 90s right around when a lot of these people were like retiring and stuff so they were almost blindsided by the you know digital era Right, they had one customer who was making good Pretty much, for yeah. Them, I mean, like, the pe- many, many artists, many printmakers were making a ton of money for a lot of years selling prints to the government. And you can still go around in, like, flea markets and um, old people's homes and stuff, and you see, like, really high-quality um, prints, like, all over the place. It's really um, still saturated from back in the day. Um, and that's nice. That's, you know, in theory, that's great. But on right. the other hand, it creates a kind of a one-directional system. right. Yeah, and I don't know, like, changes in politics and changes in, like, the educational boards of Sweden are also kind of putting nails in the coffin of contemporary art in mm. Sweden. There used to be, uh, if you took the social track of high school, uh, everybody took a class called Aesthetic Verksamhet, Aesthetic Practices, and they were in an art class, a drama class, and a music class for an hour and a half each section every week. But that trickled off in 2011 and so now no to do you know the uh the whole country is kind of like wondering what's going to happen with sweden i think you would probably if you ask people they would kind of associate sweden with design and art and culture but that's not being taught anymore so how many years before art as a public discourse disappears from this country i don't know right and what does it mean for the actual straight up finances you know absolutely what, yeah. what, how much is culture worth and my i suspect it's worth a lot more than anybody can really quantify for real yeah um yeah. what do you see do you guys see what you do also as a kind of a lobbying arm almost for absolutely yeah the more i've been involved with uh we write a ton of grants we've applied for like three million euro grants and stuff from the eu and Ooh, that's hard we didn't get them but we've done two rounds of that and just realized that like the criteria were a bit too um, focused towards like making giant festivals with like rock shows and like smoke machines and stuff, and that really wasn't what we wanted to do. But so we're still pursuing other venues for like big funding opportunities. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely a political thing in our, our region. Um, our gallery in, Gra- in uh, Gothenburg has a certain level of um, funding that makes sure that we can kind of always go forward. For the past couple years, we just got this new level of funding, so now we're on a playing field with like a lot of museums and Konsthal and stuff like that so mm. with that comes the like push to keep applying like we can't like let down the things that we're applying for we can't kind of diminish our profile we have to kind of always increase it so um it's absolutely a political entity now mm. um well what like about it or hate it. yeah well i mean that's the thing art does needs a, a defensive force mm. one of the other uh, organizations here from copenhagen uh, 68 Art Institute. The leader of that is actually involved with a uh, lobbying organization straight to the Danish government for yeah. artists, you know, to make sure, like, to try to fight cuts, backs, and you know, right. and convince them of uh, both the uh, societal and uh, straight-up monetary value of culture, mm-hmm. absolutely, and investment. You know, yeah. I don't know. So we'll see. We're we're quite optimistic. We um, with projects like this, we're. Um, we've invited um, the nominees from our annual uh, gallery prize. That the, the final result is a, a bit of money and a solo show and a year membership. But everybody that gets nominated gets invited to come print with the um, rest of the team. And we're just here for the um, bunch of days, like making stuff together and learning from each other and teaching people. Everybody's constantly, you know, on the spot when somebody walks up and asks a question and wants to make a print on a T-shirt or. Right use their dog's foot or whatever to make a print or something. So, right, yeah, you got to be multi-talented. It's, it's performative as well as kind of being a normal kind of, as there's such thing as like a normal art fair booth. I don't know. Sure. But. Well, I mean, you guys are very interactive in that sense. You can see yeah. you've got a risiograph right here. you got a, uh, what would you call that press there? I'd call that a typographic proofing press. Mm-hmm. And we have a laser printer too for printing out the... Uh, images that you'll feed into the risograph to mm. make the stencils there. So mm-hmm. kind of like a three-pronged way to m- make printed material. Well, it's great. I mean, there's nothing like interactivity. Yeah, it's fun for us, too. When there is downtime, I mean, we've been all super productive. Like, 
using the machines on our own um, to explore small projects. We had a visiting artist, Claire Hanik, from Besançon in France, who published a uh, edition of 30 um, folios while she was here on the Risograph. That's nice. Um, a residency so yeah. in art fair. I know, fair. right? Yeah, we tied that in. She's been doing projects with us in the past, and we really liked her um, philosophy and um, her work ethic and stuff, so it's been really cool to just keep playing. Cool. It's been very fun. Yeah. Well, um, I look forward to seeing more about it, and I actually want to come up and visit nice. you guys. Yeah, you We're should. pretty close. But uh, thanks for your time. Appreciate Cheers. it. Cheers. Yeah. Who you are and who you're with. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm uh, Pierre Courtin. I'm a French guy living in Sarajevo since 15 years now. Wow. And I'm running the um, gallery uh, called Duplex, 100 meters square, which is based in the center of Sarajevo. That's and it. is this like an art, artist-driven space, or is this? I know it uh, is an artist-run space because mm -hmm. I, I'm also an artist by myself. Mm -hmm. um, but then I'm very concentrated to support the local art scene. It's, I, it's what, I, what I'm doing the most, let's say. So, so I'm still keeping my home, uh, my home production, but uh, I do only drawings, time to time. Mm -hmm, because the local art in Sarajevo is really suffering a lot, let's say. Mm. So I really do my best to support them, I would say, locally through uh, duplex, mm. so through our exhibition space in Sarajevo, and through uh, many uh, projects that I do outside of Bosnia. How do you think it's suffering? Is it a, is it a government thing or uh, a culture Yes, thing there or? is a big uh, lake of founding. Um, about the institutions it's really really hard too there is almost no money to support contemporary art mm. um, the art market almost doesn't exist it's also really hard uh, and then many many artists also are living abroad right they have to leave they no choice so more, yeah. a lot of them uh, are living uh, in Vienna, a lot of them, uh, in Paris, in New York, even in Tokyo. Uh, so people, places that have more of a built-up system for yes. art support and uh, a culture of that. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So in, actually, I, I call it duplex a gallery because we are trying to, to sell artworks abroad. But actually, in Sarajevo, it is more functioning like an art center because we are almost selling nothing. And I would say it's quite good too because we are completely free to do whatever we want. I mean, we do That's a lot important. of crazy installations, performances, uh, video installation. So when you look at the program, uh, most of the time there is nothing to buy too. Right. And I'm always saying to the artists who are exhibiting in duplex, really feel free. I don't need perfect artworks, perfectly made with nine frames as a product ready to be sold. We don't care. We are not going to sell. Mm. So it's a, it's a very hard too, but in the same time, it gives us a kind of perfect freedom. Right. It's and not it's like quite, the people over too. at the other art fairs that paid 100,000 kroners to be part of something and they have to sell or else they eat shit. Exactly. exactly. So it's a strange... It's, so it's, it is a good balance. Yeah. So actually, the duplex really become a gallery when I'm outside or when I'm, uh, or when I'm working as a curator, mm. building projects mm. abroad. Mm. But then locally in Sarajevo, it is, we almost could call it, it is a philanthropic project. Because mm. I'm just in Sarajevo, I'm just paying invoices and bills. Right. I'm just spending money. Right. And then I'm trying to make money outside of Bosnia to bring that money in Bosnia to work. So that's basically the funding model yes. that you use. You don't, you don't count on making money there. No. But of absolutely. course you enjoy the advantages of uh, money made elsewhere can go longer in yes. Bosnia. You have the advantage of, uh, you know, exchange there yes. and the local and we economies. Creating, yes, we are really creating a big networking to mm. all over the world. 
and I'm really good in that of sharing, um, let's say, contacts. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a really good networking, mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. and I'm really sharing everything I have, mm. really purely. So is that why you come to something like this here in Stockholm? You come to the supermarket in order to meet people, exactly. present what you do, uh, you know. to, to promote the, the artists that I'm that I'm support. Now, I had few really good talk, mm. and probably. Rademko, probably Borjan, will be part of some upcoming exhibition in Sweden. Uh, That's great. Then, well, I'm just putting them in contact. Say, okay, this is all info. I'm sending their booklet, their mm -hmm. website, mm -hmm. their email address. And then later, they will do the job. So I'm just the one who is, how can I say, introducing them to someone else. And then later, they are building something together. And it's happening. It's happened very, very often like this. So That's I'm great. Kind of, I'm making a puzzle, actually. Right. It's, uh, and then it's very important for the artists in Bosnia to to show their works uh, abroad. Too. But this is a, something very important to, for the gallery. To It's a way, how can I say, to help them to develop their career internationally. Right. It must be very hard to sit there and try to contact someone in Sweden. It's better to come in person, exactly. show what you have, meet people. I mean, that's just the truth of the matter. You have to do it that way. It's most important to check hands. Yeah, but exactly. Email, you can always send thousands of emails, but if you don't know, if you don't, do not meet the people, it's, you do not have the same feeling, the same test. Yeah. And then we have time to, to have a coffee. You say, okay, let's have a talk in the cafeteria there for an hour. Right. I will explain you what that guy is doing. Say, right, ah, right, okay, right. It makes sense. It's really more friendly too. Right. Uh, right. It feels uh, more natural also. And it's more so, natural yeah. too. But I mean, you guys, I mean, the, the booth looks amazing and you guys obviously have, uh, have a mix of, you know, finished presented works in frames uh, ready to go. And then also works that are more experimental or at least, uh, kind of in more of a transient state that yeah. are able to come up and come down fast and easy but can oh, show potential you. and, yes. yeah. and all that. for this this year I did something a bit special let's say because I really actually I really tried to make that booth like a almost like a like a small exhibition let's say with dealing about migration mm -hmm. so there is three artists uh, Boyan Stojic, Halem Komilak and the French-Italian photographer um, Enrico Danino so for example, Enrico Danino, he has been in, um, in Belgrade, in Serbia, a few months ago, in last January, where thousands and thousands of uh, refugees are locked there. Right, they're stuck. So this is the photos that you see there. So they are living in condition, it's like, this is the middle age, let's say. So he did a reportage there. And then I asked uh, Enrico to send a few pictures that he did in Belgrade to Rademko, and Rademko translated to painting. So you see that photography is the original one. Oh yeah, I didn't even notice Enrico. that. And then Rademko is using the original photography to do some painting. So the whole booth is about migration as a topic, but also migration through the medium uh, that the artists are, are using. Right, so collaboration. It makes, and, and it makes a yeah. collaboration, and it makes a kind of a kind of dialogue between the between the artists. And Very then we have cool. also uh, uh, Boyan Stoic with few photographies, like he said, like on the on the fridge. Mm -hmm. Memories, no, no, knows, no distance. You are always traveling with your memories. When you are in the migration, it's something you keep in your mind. Mm -hmm. Or the one we just behind, fear has no border. That's very true. Uh, well, it's uh, also a question of the rhetoric, you know, the, 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 the current political and cultural rhetoric. Mm -hmm. So I'm really happy to see that you are making a discussion about it. And, you know, you're also doing it in a very professional way. It looks really professional. So I'm I wanted to, I wanted to, to do my that. best. <laughs> yeah. But these three artists are really, really, really great. Right, it's good stuff. And uh, Enrico Danino is one of the, I think, honestly, one of the 50 best world journalists mm. uh, in the world. Let's mm. say he's yeah, 56 years old. He's traveling all the world since more than 35 years. Right. From the Rwanda to Somalia to Afghanistan. And so he really knows that subject perfectly. Radem mm. uh, Komilak is... Honestly, I think one of the best painters in, in Bosnia is going to represent uh, the Bosnian Pavilion at the next Venice Biennale. I saw that, yeah. So it is a, this is a big deal. Amazing big deal, story. Yeah. It's really yeah. amazing. Yeah. And Boya Stolic is a young, uh, promising artist from Bosnia who is already collected by many good institutions. So it is a kind of trio 
three artists who are mm. really dealing uh, with that with that topic. Some, there is some hope out there. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, thank you very much for telling me about the thank space you. and everything. And I'll put links up to everything on the on the website when this comes out. Thank you very much. Thank you. and who, you, uh, who you're here with. and uh So I'm here on behalf of Madrasa Collective, that is um, a collective of eight young curators, and we all um, live or come from uh, five different countries between uh, North Africa, Middle East, and Africa, specifically Morocco, Palestine, Lebanon, Egypt, and uh, Cameroon. And uh, we are quite young as a collective in the sense that uh, we were born in 2015. And we had one first major project in Denmark in uh, 2016 um, at the Kunsthal Orus. It was a big exhibition that we named Something to Generate From, uh, which tackled the issue of... uh, let's say, artistic practice as institution building and artistic practice as socially engaged in a way and, and collective uh, making as well. Uh, so in, in that sense, we decided to invite um, sort of collective projects or institutionalized projects uh, initiated by artists working in the regions we are come from or focus on, so Middle East, North Africa and Africa, um, instead of having individual artists and artworks presented. And the idea was really, I mean, the challenge for us at the time was also how to reactivate these projects within an exhibition space that is so far from the local context in which they work, how not to represent them but really make them live in this other space somehow. Uh, so we kind of tried to figure out together with each collective how we could um, yes, sort of present them inside the space trying to find a sort of correspondence between their methodologies and, and focuses of work and, and the way we present them. Yeah, I mean, and not only that, you guys don't have a home base where you all are together to yeah. begin with. So. Yeah. yeah, this is definitely, uh, I mean, a key uh, element that uh, identifies the collective. And in a way, it's also um, shaping a little bit the, 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 the focuses we have. I mean, this... Uh, nomadic uh, dimension and this virtual nature uh, that we have because uh, as I was saying uh, each of us is living in a different country so it's each project we do is also somehow a reincarnation of the collective itself uh, which in all the other moments is works all just virtually mm. uh, sometimes trying to Skype, even though Wi-Fi connections, particularly from those regions, are, are not very strong. Well, I heard also Skype got shut down in Morocco for several months, too. Exactly, like exactly, that, yeah. Which, you know, makes And it actually this happened when we were doing the... the we were preparing the, the Danish exhibition, so you can imagine the nightmare of coordinating with, like, 20 people <laughs> without a Skype Right, connection. not being able to talk. <laughs> well, tell me, how did, how did you guys uh, meet each other? How meet. did you start... We started uh, because we all took part in a um, training run by um, a cultural space that is also here in the fair, uh, Atelier de l'Observatoire, oh. uh, which is a space based in um, Casablanca. And they have several activities, out of which one is a training for young curators from the region. And so the eight members of Madrasa Collective were part of this training together with other people. And actually, the call of uh, Kunstal Orus was somehow the occasion for us to decide to come together mm. with our first project in that sense. Uh, and since we quite enjoyed working together for that first project, we have decided to continue. Well, I think, uh, I think Jacob, who I know, the guy who's the director of uh, Kunstal Orus, is also a very good enabler. He's very good at working with people and developing things. So when you apply, it's okay if you don't have a finished project. He'd rather see it develop yeah, yeah, through totally. his institution and through his, you know, yeah. his help. And he gives just enough help, but not too much, 
for people to kind of flower. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we were somehow shocked when we discovered that we we won the the, <laughs> the call. In yeah, because we are. Uh, I mean, each of us is still very young and at the very very at the early stages of its own career. And then as a collective, we were just born actually. Right. So I mean, it was a lot of faith from the people of the jury. Uh, that put it in, in us, actually. Mm, mm. So, yeah, it was a great opportunity. What a beautiful thing, really. You yeah. Know. Um, so what did you guys hope to to get out of uh, Supermarket for being here and taking part? Is this your first time doing it? Yeah, it's the first time. Yeah, me too. Um, so how, what, what was it you hoped to achieve by coming here? Um... Well, we, we didn't have major, I mean, expectations. Uh, we hoped, obviously, to, to interact with as many people as possible, both from the audience and, uh, and from the, the other participants coming. Mm. Uh, sort of try to, I mean, obviously share the knowledge we, we can have and bring. Uh, but it was also... And it, it actually has been a, a test for ourselves to confront with a new public again. Mm, you know, mm, also mm. because we are s- still young and a little bit unstructured as a collective, it was extremely useful for us to, to have people asking us who we are, how do we work, because there are a lot of things we still need to, to figure out. And, and this, I mean, this dialogue has been very, very helpful for us. Yeah, no, there's nothing like people coming in and being like, so what is it you, that you do in order to actually be like, yeah, what is it we do? You know, it's not always so clear. But it's also a question of, uh, of networking, obviously. And, oh, absolutely, and, and, yeah. And coming and taking part on that level. Um, no, I mean, it, it has been quite interesting in the sense that I, I, I found the format of the fair um, very... Um, uh, how, Approachable in a way. I mean, it's extremely relaxed. Uh, people are extremely willing to interact, both from the stand and the audience. I mean, mm-hmm. we we actually came with a a little bit of an ambitious uh, proposal that was not really to exhibit something, uh, not even documentation of of projects. It was way more. We really tried to say. We basically work in relational and dialogical terms, and we try to do this here as well. And it can be a, a major challenge in a context in which people expect to come and just, you know, wander around stands and have a look at things without properly interacting. While in the mm. end, it, it turned out pretty well. So it was a. I mean, I was very happy about it, and, and some yeah, Good. A, a little bit scared before coming and happier. <laughs> Well, it should always be a little terrifying, you know. There's a nice mix of like somewhat scary, but also with yeah. a little bit of uh, of an idea or at least a vision about what's happening. Yeah. Uh, do you guys think you'd uh, you'd you'd come back again, do it again? Hopefully, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a little early now. I know it's Sunday after five days in a row, and exactly. everybody's tired and out of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, well, would be nice, I think. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, what's next for the uh, for the collective? Do you guys have anything you're planning? Uh, on yeah, we have a major project coming up in a f- not even two months actually. Uh, we have been invited to co-curate part of a festival in uh, Germany. Wow! In Mannheim, yeah, it's a festival called Supercopy. Uh, that has been now it's at its second edition, so it tackles the issue of copying, recopying copyrights, but also remix. And this year, the idea was very much to focus on sort of non-Western, let's say, or non-European practices. Cool. So we have been invited to, to co-curate part of it. So we'll animate a space with performance artists for a week and a, a small exhibition at the end. Mm. So. Well, it seems like you yeah. guys got, you know, things are happening and things are things moving. Things are happening. And every yeah. time you come together... Something new happens, something stronger yeah. happens. This is a vision. great opportunity actually for us because it's going to be the first time after almost a year that, let's say, a good majority of the collective can meet in person mm. again. Yeah. So it's going to be uh, important also for the collective itself. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you very much for uh, telling me about thank the space. You. <laughs>
graduated from school mm-hmm. and I didn't and then I moved to Denmark and I didn't really have a network of people and I, I missed talking about art yeah. and not in a formal or critical sense but in a down to earth mm-hmm. production sense so that's why I started the show yeah. it was essentially just to be able to have conversations about about the whole thing so I mean I kind of assume it's the same for you guys with the space actually in our uh, our situation is a little bit different because we uh, would you just tell me what, what your name is and uh, what the space is called okay so my name is Franciszek Buchner and the, I am from the Stroboscope Art Space we started to be active artists to do to take part in the shows uh, right after the the schools both of us we are from from the different schools and for, from from uh, i'm much older than than, than no no bit also and uh, we are maybe established it's not a very good word but we we had the opportunity to um to, to show our works, uh, you know, in the galleries or in the institution. No, nobody is much more institutional artist. Um, so you guys have been working beforehand. Yes, we we were working before that, mm. but we found that uh, the this specific moment after uh, after the school was very very uh, hard for both of us. Uh, and uh, we saw that there's a huge, let's call it gap, between between the school and and this moment when when uh, you as an artist, especially in Poland, because uh, Polish, let's say, art market is very very small, uh, extremely small, uh, and there's this gap in. Uh, the time when you probably have the, the the best ideas in your life, even right after the, after the school, uh, and Polish artists cannot show their works. They have none such. They have none place like I don't know. Right, there's no one working with emerging artists mm-hmm. or young artists mm-hmm. or anything like that. Mostly yes. Uh, so we decided as a not so young artist, let's say, let's call it. Uh, <laughs> To um, to make the place which will which will be experimental place for those artists who have good ideas but don't know where to show them. So you're actually thinking about the next generation in a lot of ways. Let's call it next generation. Yes, mm. yes. But but for me the most important thing was was to to create place for the experiment because uh, if some you know very well-known artist would like to show something in our garage in different way that he's showing his works in uh, in, in institution gallery whatever we are open to do that there's no rules necessarily for how to exactly uh, yeah the, the most important thing thing is to uh, to make something which is not uh, you know white cubing uh, regular selling uh, whatever art from from the big uh, places like big institutions, mm. yeah. right? More of a chance to uh, to to have the freedom to try things. I exactly. mean, that's what what Norbert mm-hmm. mentioned to me earlier is that you guys have actually turned down money because uh-huh. you want to have yes. freedom. Exactly. Do you guys sell work at all, or is that not at all a consideration? Uh, actually, uh, but we as a stereoscope. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, we don't. No, we don't. We are uh, selling our works as an artist, of course, mm. uh, separately. But we also don't show our works in our space. Right. So if you want to see Norbert Delman or Franciszek Buchner, you cannot go to the Stelvoskop, yes? Uh, that's smart, actually. I think that's a really good idea. I, I think, yes, it's quite important. I, I also uh, had some um, experience with... Uh, art running places which at the beginning was collaboration of few artists then they started to you know to to slide a little bit yes of course then you know revenge whatever this is not so so necessary so so we decided to to avoid this kind of, of situation and to I think that's really smart 
Because it can, it, can, it can go really sideways. And that's actually the same thing with this podcast. I don't mm-hmm. even say who I am. I don't uh-huh. say my name okay. because it's not about promoting whatever it is I do. What I do is something different in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, is this the first time you guys have been on uh, here at Supermarket? Yes. Yes, definitely. Yes. Uh, at the beginning, we even had a little problem with that. Because we are, as I said, we don't sell works. We are not. Uh, we don't represent any artists, and uh, it was very hard for, for us to decide that we will go here with our works. Yes, mm, mm, mm. but uh, finally we decide that we don't. We don't have nothing else to show. <laughs> uh, so why not? It's, it's, so why not? And uh, we are trying, uh, and we decide to to come here uh, because we decide that the most important thing is to sell our idea, not necessarily our works. And here, where you've got a lot of in- independent uh, places, maybe we will be able to show uh, to, to uh, found another people who are thinking like us and maybe people who would like to show something in our place or maybe show something from our place in their places right well it's definitely uh, a lot of the focus here seems to be about meeting each other and definitely. collaboration and uh, you know these meetings are great where you actually get formally introduced to other actors and other people doing stuff and 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 people people seem very open to talking to other people etc etc very true so uh, so in that sense I think it's been very much a success yeah. you know and I guess uh, you know yeah like you said people aren't selling really anything mm-hmm. I guess there's the option in some places I, but that's not the point yes this is absolutely not not, not the point Cool. Well, it sounds like you guys got uh, you got a lot of stuff. You know, there's plenty of plans. There's lots of stuff to do. Actually, there's a plenty of plans because we are only one this kind of person in uh, this kind of uh, places in the whole of the world. So, which is quite big city, you know. And uh, uh, when we started, uh, actually, people was quite was very interested. Very interested. Yeah, you start getting a lot of emails when you yes, do something definitely, like definitely, yes. Definitely, yes. Our first opening was really, really, really big. I think that we exactly exactly give people what they wanted. Exactly. Well, that's we, did that. we are very, very happy that, that it works. And you got to see an opportunity. I mean, that's the nice thing about not being in Paris or London or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you have an opportunity where you are to do something new, and that's yes, tremendous. Exactly. This, this is this is the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for telling me about it. Thank you for asking about. It. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. That was that supermarket 2017. At least who I got a hold of. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Undergang Armchair. The intro and outro music is kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by CSIS. You can find links to their music and tons of other conversations with great people on our in-your-face microphone of a website, undergang.net. If you do like the show, we would greatly appreciate it if you'd take a moment to leave a review on iTunes so others can find us. It's the best way to help. This show is hopefully soon again produced in part with the kind support of the Danish Arts Council. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>